definitely human. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Are you all prepared? Yes. 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 Very well. If anybody does not want to go through with it, now is the time to say. No? All right. Well, there is no turning back now. Everybody join hands. Concentrate. Focus your energy. Remain completely still. We call to the spirits who inhabit this house. Come forwards and communicate with us. Is there anybody there? Oh, I felt something on my foot, on my foot. Really? Yes, yes, it was... It, it was... Oh, oh. No, hang on, it was my other foot, sorry. Um, as you were. Spirits, come forwards, speak to us. Is there anybody there? Spirits are appearing before us. Remain calm, everyone, remain calm. Keep your hands held. Spirits, come through, come through. Let's not do that again, Oliver. I agree. Oh, who are these people? Um, hello? Hello there, Squire. You got any scotch? Uh, yes, yes, I believe so. Um, excuse me, but this is London, isn't it? Well, yes. And what's the date? Why, sir, October 31st. Oh, how lovely. Um, what year? Year? Year, man! Year! Well... 1891. What? Oh dear. Roy, we're in Victorian London. The Monster Hunters. Series 2 Christmas Special. The Whispering Fog. me, Peters. You armed, Jenkins. Got me Webley right here, Gov. Well, go on in. Take a shot. But Sarge, he ain't human. What are you, my old woman? He might call himself a beast of Albion, but he'll drop as quick as the next man. But his claws. Gloves, son. Now I won't ask you again. Ha! Miss me, Peters. Sarge, he's coming for us. That's far enough. What's the matter? 
Too much of a man to feel the beast's embrace. I'll treat you as kind as any of me pretties. Watch out, his hands! <laughs> Sarge! It's alright, son. It's just a scratch. You go after him. I think he got your artery, Gov. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got a spare. Now go. I just... I need a little rest. Help! <sighs> Help here! Can't catch me. No one can catch me. I'm the Beast of Albion, and I own this town. Who's there? Step out of the fog so as I can see you. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Get away from me, you hear? Get away from me! Nothing. Ow. Nothing. Ow. Nothing. Ow! Watch where you're throwing that newspaper. And turn those carolers down. My head is a delicate object. Throbbing, is it? Just a little. What is it they put in scotch these days? Whiskey. Do you need to spend all of your evenings in every gentleman's club in London? I consider it my duty to the future to sample the delights of the past. Stick the television on, will you? We've been through this before. There is no television. What? I thought they might have invented it by now. We've only been here two months. Exactly. I thought these Victorians were intelligent. What's eating you? Where have all the interesting and unusual cases gone? I sometimes think there's not a ghost or monster left in London. What about this? The Beast of Albion? Found horribly mutilated in a London street four weeks ago, brings to an end his reign of terror. Wrong beast, Roy. Ah. That's the serial killer named after our beast. So-called because of his huge fur coat and betaloned gloves. Keep up, Roy. I told you about this before. When did you tell me about this before? During that Unstable business. That was months ago. I don't live inside your head, Lorimer. Why are you so keen to go looking for trouble? Your breakfast, sirs. Right, she's looking at me again, Lorimer. You said you would have words. Is there a problem, sir? What? No, no, you just get about your business. And, uh, what is breakfast? Kippers. Oh, Jesus Christ! Two months! Two months of kippers! Kippers promote a healthy mind, sir, and a healthy mind is a pure mind. And I'll thank you no to blaspheme in my presence, Mr Steele. Now, see here, you little... Yes, of course, Mrs MacGuffin. Thank you for the kippers. Mm-hmm. Right, if I'm to suffer kippers on Christmas Eve, I need a very large drink. But I thought Mrs MacGuffin confiscated all of your scotch. What are you doing with that slipper? Always pays to keep a little back for emergencies. Hair of the dog, I think. Hair of the dog? That looks like an entire coat. Don't be silly, Lorimer. Dogs don't wear coats. Mr Steele, is that drink? Ah, uh, yes, Mrs MacGuffin. I had to confiscate it from Professor Chesterfield. Roy! Between you and me, I think he's been working too hard. Was there anything else you wanted, Mrs MacGuffin? There's a young lady to see you, sir. Oh, really? Stop it. She must be here for our help. Send her in, please, Mrs MacGuffin. Aye, will do. I don't know how you did it, old man. We've been here just shy of two months, and you seem to have gained us a reputation for solving strange and unusual cases. We get more clients now than we did with Sir Maxwell. I know. Exciting, isn't it? Well, some of them are. The case of the tin monkey was. Oh, yes, with his little drum. Ah, <laughs> yes. That case was appalling. 
You did that gag at the time. Yes, but you didn't laugh at the time. I assumed you hadn't heard me. I heard. Now, where's this case? Ah. What? You're enjoying yourself. I'm not, Roy. I mean, I am, but then there's Sue... Come in. Professor Chesterfield? Hello there. May I take your coat? Oh, thank you, Professor Chesterfield. Um, actually, I'm... No, no, Lorimer. A lady is always right. Lorimer? You're Lorimer Chesterfield? Uh, Yes, my dear. Damn. And you must be Roy Steele. Hello there. May I take your coat? Yes, thank you. Please, have a seat, Miss... Hawker. Mrs Emily Hawker. Mrs Hawker. Mm. A lovely coat. A lovely coat for a lovely... Roy... Sorry. You are shivering, my dear. Please, draw close to the fire. It is not the cold that makes me shiver, Professor. It is fear. Well, we can do something about that. You just sit back, relax... Kindly take your hands off my shoulders, Mr Steele. I do not subscribe to your European methods of relaxation. Oh. You've been speaking to... Miss Anne Cavendish does not speak highly of you. Oh, dear. Which one was Miss Anne Cavendish? The Adventure of the Porcelain Tongue. Oh, yes. Is she all right? I'll stop talking now. How can we help you? It is my sister. She has disappeared. Ever since she took that job with the awful Mr. Blackscar... Uh, Please, start from the beginning. Uh, Very well. My sister and I have always been close, uh, since we were young, being only separated by one year, and my marriage to a manufacturer of artificial kneecaps. Artificial kneecaps? Get much business, your husband? Among the elderly and the wounded, yes, but he specialises in kneecaps for the discerning and affluent. The interest has not been good of late. Do not misunderstand me. My husband and I are not destitute. Why, only the other day, a woman wanted an artificial kneecap with a secret compartment where she could keep her gin. My kind of woman. And then there was that gentleman who wanted an exact replica of Gladstone's face on his knee so that he could do impressions at parties. (laughs) You know the sort of thing. Hello there, my name's Gladstone. Ooh, my bag's hitting me in the face. Ooh, and again. (laughs) How we laugh. Okay. And your sister? My sister recently took a job as a governess for Mr. Hodley Blackscar. Mr. Hodley Blackscar? You have heard of him? No. Mr. Hodley Blackscar is the only son of Rixton Blackscar. The black sheep of the family, Hodley Blackscar left England to seek his fortune in Africa, returning only upon the occasion of his father's death. Even now... The stories of his time abroad are the talk of society. It is said he lassoed a lion with his own hands. Ha! Anyone can do that. I once lassoed a lion with someone else's hands. But not before he had subdued the lion with the force of his domineering personality. Oh. If this Hodley Blackscar was so notorious, why did your sister agree to work for him? My sister has always had a fondness for hard currency... Much in the same way as I have a fondness for owls. Really? Yes. I have made a study of all the owls that reside in England. I copied their likenesses into this notebook. Emily Hawker's Book of Owls. (laughs) A trifle, I'm sure. But I hope to persuade my husband to allow me to engrave them onto the top of his kneecaps. Won't that hurt? I mean the artificial ones. Right. So, your sister? Yes, indeed. When she was first engaged by Mr. Blackscar, he said to her, how could any gentleman ask you to condescend to accept anything under three figures? And offered her a hundred pounds a year. 
How could any gentleman ask you to condescend to accept anything under three figures? Your salary with me, madam, would commence at a hundred pounds a year. A hundred pounds a year? And all the oats you can carry. Thank you. I do not care much for oats, so do not trouble yourself on that point. You do not like oats? No, sir. A pity. A great pity. Still, you're a healthy girl. I'm sure you would not be averse to some oats. Not for a hundred pounds a year. Um... Forget the oats. So your main responsibilities will be for the well-being and protection of my young ward, Cornelius. You have worked with children. I am to become your governess. I fear you will not meet a child like Cornelius. His needs are very different from that of other children. He, he must never be seen by another human being, and this includes you. But how am I to teach him if I cannot see him? By means of a screen and a speaking tube. Does this trouble you? Remember the money and the oats. You did all the voices very well, darling. I saw my unfortunate sister only one more time after she accepted the position. She seemed troubled. Her hair was streaked with grey. Her eyes had a haunted look, as if she had seen something. Haunting. And you think this is related to her job? She hardly spoke about it, but I feel certain of it. I pressed her, but all she would say was that the young Master Blackscar was a troubled child who would only communicate in hoarse whispers. So you think it might be an animal and not a boy? I only knew that something about the child disturbed her greatly. But being a good soul, she would try her best for him. You know, the best thing to do with kids is not to let them know you're afraid. Just move very slowly to gain their trust, then tell them one of your hunting stories. Just not a graphic one. That doesn't go down well. Roy. What? My dear, as much as I would like to help you, surely this is a matter for the police. Sir, I fear my sister has been murdered by something terrible and supernatural. Something at the command of Mr. Hodley Blackscar. Well, in that case, you may have no fear, Mrs. Hawker. Not now Professor Lorimer Chesterfield and Roy Steeler on the case. Get your monster hunting shoes on, Lorimer. The game is afoot. All I'm saying is don't pick a fight with the cabbie, Roy. I just don't think he understood me. I don't think I understand you when you're doing your cockney voice, but I think he disapproved of our destination. Two gentlemen going down the docks never did me any harm. Well, that doesn't surprise me. It surprises me that Hodley Blackscar lives down there. One of the last remaining houses. He's been in the Blackscar family for years, and he's refused all offers to sell. Ah, here we are. I can barely see anything. Miss Fogg is bad. It's the one in the centre, on the left, with the light. Well, that's a house. It looks drunk. Well, it's very old, and this street was built on marshland... Back in the 1700s, the area was called the Devil's Trousers, because it looked like the betrousered legs of a goat stretching out into the marsh. Hence the name. Devil's True Lane. Lovely. What are we waiting for? Wait, what? Didn't you hear that? I thought it was Cockneys. Whispering Cockneys? You're hearing things. You're getting on a bit, fella. I'm not getting on a bit, Roy. Of course you're not. What do you mean by that? Let's just keep our minds on the job, shall we? Yes? We'd like to see Mr. Blackscar. Fetch him at once. I am Mr. Hodley Blackscar, sir, and I'm not accustomed to being spoken to in such a manner. Uh, Mr. Blackscar, I'm Professor Lorimer Chesterfield. We're inquiring about a Miss Kitty Adair. 
Never heard of her. She's governess to your son? Oh, that, Kitty Adair. Perhaps you'd best come in. You have noted the lack of staff. Unfortunately, there are few that will work here, not on Devil's True Lane. The lower classes fear that which they do not understand. What about Miss Adair? Disappeared. One day she was here, the next gone. My son, poor thing, was most disappointed. He was taken with her. Can we speak with him? Perhaps Miss Adair gave him some idea of her plans. My son is a weak child, and I do not wish to disturb him. But follow me. Pass me that candle. No gas, Mr. Blackscar. Never cared for the stuff. I find it disturbing. Come along, gentlemen. If this is your son's room, then where is he? He must be asleep. Behind that screen is the door to his bed. If you will wait here, I will summon him. But I must warn you, gentlemen, do not look behind the screen. What the Norder is going on here? He's locked us in. Look at the books on these shelves. The Ancient Rites of the Druids, the Kabbalistic Reader. Look, even a copy of the Demonomicon. Not exactly bedtime reading for a growing boy. Oh, I don't know. Can it? I think he's bringing the boy in. Come in, child, that's it. Uh, Mr. Steele, Professor Chesterfield, please allow me to introduce my son, Cornelius Blackscar. We can't see him? He sees no one. For safety reasons, he must remain behind the screen. I will stay behind also, to reassure him. Say hello to the gentleman, Cornelius. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, hello, Cornelius. I'm Professor Chesterfield. This is my friend, Mr. Roy Steele. Hello, Mr. Roy Steele. We've come to ask you some questions about your governess, Miss Kitty Adair. You remember her? Oh, yes. Miss Adair is a good, kind and useful governess. Useful? You know, with reading and that. I see. And when did you last see her? Her sister Emily is most worried. Why, only the other day. The next, she was gone. I was most disappointed. I was taken with her. She has a sister. Hang on a minute. What? Ask him about his father. All right. Um, I hope you are behaving yourself for your father. Oh, that I am. Why, Mr. Hodley Blackscar is the best father a young boy could wish for. Oh, come now, boy. No, it's true. You're the best daddy in the whole world. Ha! You're no child. Show yourself. Oh, 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 father. Oh, oh, I'm really tired. It's been a long day of being sickly and stuff. Oh. Right. What are you doing? Unhand my screen. Cornelius must not be exposed to the light. No! Oh, yes. But how did you know? That there was no son. No one speaks that well of their father. I think that's just you, Roy. So the question is... Where's the real Cornelius? And what happened to Kitty Adair? Have a care, sir. You have gone too far. I have no idea where Miss Adair has gone, and I'll thank you to keep out of my affairs. You see these hands? Raised and nurtured on oats. I would hate to show you their powers. Perhaps we should leave. And if I see either of you beef-witted fools again, well, I can't be held responsible for my actions. Remember the hands. Well, that went well. You think so? But he didn't punch us in the face. Yes, we got away a bit too easily. 
Perhaps we should go before he changes his mind. What's that? Oh, now you can hear it. Who do you think it is? Don't look at me. The fog's too thick. Who's there? Come into the light. We're very nice. I was voted Australian Housewife's Choice 1969. Nothing. It's like it's all around us. This is proper odd. Do you think it's that black scar boy? Ow! Let go, Roy. You're hurting. I'm not touching you. There's someone behind us. On the count of three. One. Three! There's no one there. Well, at least that fog's clearing. Oh, come on, let's find a cab and a scotch. Or better still, a cab with some scotch. That damn fog again! How did it get that side? It's like it's alive! I think, at a time like this, swift action is called for. What do you suggest? Leg it! Ow! What is it? Something's got my leg! I can't see anything! Something's digging into my ankle! Pull, Roy! Pull! I am pulling! I'm free! Quickly! Run! I think we lost it. You all right, old man? Look at my trouser leg. Shredded. Satan's godmothers. What do you think it was? Search me. I think... I think it was the fog. Fog with claws? Here. It's all right. You two coves are right jumpy, ain't you? That's fine with me. I like an energetic fella. Uh, Madam, we're not looking for... What about your friend? Hello there. Roy. Please, madam, we're not looking for company. Move on or I'll find a constable. I am a constable. Oh, really? A constable, madam? Do you want to take me in for questioning? Are you going to arrest my trousers? No, but I'll arrest your face if you're not careful. I ain't no madam. I'm as much a fella as you are. Oh, not again. PC Jenkins is me name. Did I hear you right? There's been some trouble. Listen, fella. Please, gov. While I'm dressed like this, I'd rather you called me Harry Annie. Hairy Annie? I'll wear a dress, that's fine. But no one makes me shave me hands. Are you undercover? I suppose you could put it like that, Guff. You heard of the Beast of Albion? Uh, We read that he was killed. Horrible it was. Mutilated. Face like a butcher's trolley. You got any scotch? Here. Thanks. Here. Thanks. Hold still, Lorimer. What are you doing to my coat? Here. Thanks. Why are you hiding whiskey in my clothes? Mrs. McGuffin. So, you like a drink then? Force of habit, sir. When you've seen what I've seen. Me and me Sarge, we were chasing the beast. He did for me Sarge, didn't he? When I caught up with him, he was all over the street. And the walls. Where was this? About where you were making from. Devil's True Lane. When you found the body, did you hear anything? Like whispering? No more than usual. You're not trying to pin it on a ghost, are you? Because I don't hold for that kind of talk. Ghost? Remember what Blackscar said about people not wanting to work down that lane? I've heard the stories about Devil's True. But listen, you don't think I'd dress up in me Auntie Flo's Sunday finest if it were a ghost? No. What killed the beast was flesh and blood. Revenge, most likely. He didn't take well to the ladies that frequent these parts. So either someone's muscling in on his act or maybe one of the girls is doing a bit of extra work. You might need to get Auntie Flo's dress dry-cleaned, because what attacked us down there wasn't human. That fog cut right through Lorimer's trousers. No one could see through the fog down there. You wouldn't know what was there till you saw them. Well, we didn't see anyone. Maybe it was a tiny killer. You know, just a little man. 
a tiny man dressed as some fog. You need to lay off the scotch, fella. Now listen here. You gents can believe in spirits all you like. You'll find enough people around these parts what'll agree with you. Always haunted the devil's trousers. Bad things happen to people what live here. And no one ever sees a thing. But you won't catch me believing in Tommy Rock like that. Spend enough time dressed like this, you see a thing or two. Now excuse me, if I'm lucky, I might just catch the cove what did for your friend's trousers. But, Constable... I hope you're not obstructing a policeman in the line of his duties. Uh, no. Well, I'll be seeing you. And if you're wrong? I'm wearing me auntie's best frock, so at least I'll meet St Peter looking me best. And what are we going to do now? Follow him, of course. No one here. Can't see a thing in this fog. All right. I know you're there. Come out nice and slow, like. I'm a copper. Don't make me come and get you, son. Here, get off me. Just show yourself. Please, let go. Don't, don't. Lorimer, look. Oh, no, Jenkins. Look where he is. Well, most of him. Right outside Black Scar's door. Coincidence? Surely not. I'm not sure he's controlling it, but somehow it's connected to that house. What now? Back to Gloucester Place. I need to do some thinking. And if we're lucky, Mrs McGuffin might have left us some dinner. It better not be Kippers. Are you still at it? It's nearly morning. I have a lot of records to go through. You didn't have to sit there all night. Didn't I, Lorimer? Didn't I? No. Oh. Well, I suppose it's for the best... I don't think Sir Milton Chesterman would be too pleased if I offered to take his niece out again. I think that was her last name. Chester something. I need a drink. Roy, whatever you do, don't move. What is it? You better put your foot down on the ancient records of the Death Watchers of Rome. It's priceless. What? Where did you get that from? I bought it from a man in a pub. You went to a pub? This library's taken me ages to build and has proven invaluable. I knew you were enjoying yourself. Pop back in time... Biff a vampire? For you, it's like can. No. Well, yes, perhaps a little. Any other time, I'd relish the chance to visit Victorian London. That's one of the highest numbers of supernatural occurrences in any point in history. Reincarnated Egyptian royalty, deranged surgeons, not to mention the vampires. Well, don't. Vampire counts, vampire cults, vampire lesbians. Oh, actually, carry on. Well, that's mostly it. What I'm trying to say is, I have a reason to be in the 20th century. For the first time in years... And instead I'm stuck here while she's, I don't know, writing memos or something. Are you talking about Suki? Yes, I'm talking about Suki. How could I not be talking about Suki? Do you not take an interest in anything I say? Uh, yes? The whole reason I started up this supernatural detective agency was to search out and find us a way to get back to 1972. And finally, I think I've found one. You have? I've been searching for any mention of Devil's True Lane and Mysterious Hauntings. There's more than you would think. This extract from Thurbold Grouse Kemp's Unexplained Unpleasantnesses of London talks of mysterious whisperings and a fog being so thick it did seem a wall had been put there as early as 1680. And that was when this area was mainly marshes. How will whispering fog get us back home? Listen, in Ignatius Hartley's A Record of the Macabre and Irritating, he refers to reports of mysterious events around the newly opened Devil's True Lane. Workmen constructing their warehouses there had apparently been turning up dead, their bodies torn to pieces... People refused to live in the houses nearby because they claimed to have heard devilish cries from hell. One report refers to a mighty screeching and a chilling voice that did cry, 
Ear, you want to watch what you do with your big end? You could have killed me. That sounds like... Yes, Roy? Well, the sort of thing I'd expect a cabbie to say. You know, real ones. With cars and everything. Yes, Roy. So these whispers are from the future? And the past. I think it's the time crystals. What, from Atlantia? What are they doing in London? Remember what the Regent said? That the crystals have been returned to them by post at the end of the 19th century. From London? It looks like it. So what about the fog? Hmm, I don't know. If those crystals can show every point in time, they must be able to show all of man's worst acts. Perhaps the crystals came into contact with fog and their strange properties imbued the fog with a kind of insatiable desire to kill. That's seriously what you think? Well, we did travel back in time after beating up some fish monsters, so I think it's preferable to keep an open mind. Will you be wanting your kippers before or after church? Oh my goodness, the room! Ah, uh, Mrs McGuffin, I can explain. I think you'd better. I knew you two were trouble the minute I saw your long hair and ungodly faces. I said to myself, Edith, you're in for a hard old time. If it's not the unearthly hours, it's Mr Steele's appetite for the ladies and the drink. As for you, Professor Chesterfield... Oh, I thought I was the one you liked. With your collection of heretical actions. Those are valuable research materials. I know precisely what they are. You should be ashamed. And I feel sure you haven't replied to that nice young lady's telegram. What nice young lady's telegram? Now, I know that look, Mr Steele. And I will be party to no intruination. Mrs McGuffin, please. The telegram from Mrs Hawker. I affixed it to the mantelpiece under Mr Steele's slipper of whiskey that he thinks I don't know about. Damn. Oh, no. What is it? It's Mrs Hawker. She says as she's not heard from us following our interview with Blackscar, she's going to take matters into her own hands. Right, well, that was nice while it lasted. No, Roy. It means she's going to see Blackscar herself. But he can't be controlling the fog, can he? There has to be a connection. His house is the oldest building on the lane. He refuses to sell. The fog seemed to emanate from right outside it. And remember the books in his son's room? Dark magic, Roy. If he can't control it yet, it looks like he's trying to. Quickly, Mrs. McGuffin, hail us a hansom. Now see here. Button it, sister. We've got work to do. Please, Mrs. Hawker, draw close to the fire. You must have set off early to reach my house and on Christmas morning. Thank you, Mr. Blackscar. Both my son and I were very fond of your sister. Her disappearance has left us bereft. She was of immense value to me. Value? She had a gift... For communication. You live alone? Just myself and the boy now. Few will venture here. Superstitions drive the slack-jawed away. I, however, thrive on that which others fear. Did a Professor Chesterfield visit you? I asked him and his companion, Mr. Steele, to investigate my sister's disappearance. They did speak both to myself and my son, but their inquiries, alas, proved fruitless. They left into the fog, and I did not see them again. But perhaps you would like to speak with young Master Cornelius. If he was not able to help Professor Chesterfield, I would not want to disturb him. Not on Christmas Day. It is not a celebration we uphold. Please speak with him to set your mind at rest, and I think it would soothe Cornelius also. He was most taken with your sister. Well, if you insist... I told you I should have bought us a horse when we got here. But no, you had to spend all our earnings on books and food. You can hardly blame the cabby for not taking us the whole way. Not if it's haunted. Especially not on Christmas Day. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. Merry Christmas, Roy. Merry Christmas, Lorimer. 
Cornelius, I brought a friend to meet you. I'll leave you two alone. Mr. Blackscar? Mr. Blackscar? Mr. Blackscar, open this door. Mr. Blackscar, please! Good morning. You two! Hello there. Hi! What in the name of hell? Steel Kido, Mr. Blackscar. Don't try and master it yourself, though. I wouldn't want you punching above your weight. I thought the fog had finished you. Ha! I was right. Where is Mrs. Hawker? Too late, gentlemen. She's meeting my son. But I thought you were... Oh, dear. I have a horrible feeling about this. Quickly! You won't stop me! But this will. Hi! Let me out this instant! Emily, this is Roy Steele. Stand back from the door. All right. Cheers. Roy, look at the screen. The fog. It's like it's leaking through the screen. He called it his son. But it can't be. In a way, it is. I thought you hit him, Roy. I aimed for the face and everything. You gave your own son to this thing? That thing is more of a son to me than any boy. And the greatness it will help me achieve. You never had a real son, did you, Black Scar? What do you mean? The books on the shelves. All black magic texts. You were looking for a way to control this fog creature. What more powerful sacrifice than the blood of a child? I didn't have to look far. Go down to the Thames at low tide and you can have the pick of the mudlarks. It took a while to fatten him up. The guides in the Kabbalistic Reader are very specific. And it did my reputation good to be seen as a family man. Because of your reputation overseas? No one likes a man who can best a lion with just his hands. It makes them uncomfortable. That's why I use my feet. But it didn't work, did it? So you lured Kitty Adair to work for you, in order to feed her to the thing as well. Kitty, no! And I suppose you have the same fate lined up for Emily. No, Mr. Steele. You see, sometimes I listen to the whispers. And I hear them. Kitty and that boy, and others. Sounds of such depravity. Why do you think it gets loose and stalks the streets for meat? It's ferocious. It did for the Beast of Albion, you know. Oh, most altruistic. But it came back worse than ever. When Mrs. Hawker arrived looking for her sister, it occurred to me I could use her. If I could hear Miss Adair's voice... Then perhaps it might reason, respond to her sister. You satanic bastard. If only... I can't control a thing. I've fed it cats, dogs, a boy, and now a young lady, but it still won't do as it's told. So I need someone to help me communicate with it. And that's where you come in, madam. I'll never help you, you rogue! Think of the power. You and I, we can rule the world! Don't listen to him, Emily. I don't think she was going to, Roy. The fog. Quickly, woman, speak to it. What? It might be worth a try. Um, Fog? Hello? Hello. Ha! It's working! Kitty, are you in there? Emily? Kitty, you must stop this. Stop the fog before it kills again. No! I... I can't. All right. Very well. In that case, kill him. Eh? You what? You heard me, Fog. No! You can't! I fed you! You! Keep away from me! Stay back! 
Behind the screen. Roy, take these books. Come on, both of you. Brilliant. It's just stairs. Are you hoping to tire it out? Give me the books, Roy. Now is not the time for a quick read. Don't you see, Roy? All the information Black Sky had about this fog is in these books. If I can just find them, I might be able to stop it. My sister. I can't believe it. Believe it, sweet cheeks. And good work for turning it on Black Scar. Thank you. I'm not sure that was such a wise move. Why not? He was the baddie. Yes, but now the fog will be stronger. Oh, yes. Look, here it comes. What? Lorimer, old man, we need to move. Down the stairs. But I need to read this bit. It's important. Can't you read and run? I'll lose my place. Gentlemen, can we please stop arguing and use the passageway? Ah, found it. It says here the only way to stop the fog for good is to freeze it. That way it'll lose all its powers. Right. Gotcha. And how do we do that? There's an incantation here to reduce the temperature. The Latin's a bit fiddly, though. Oh, and we need a live chicken. Oh, amazing. I think I left one in my other coat. Perhaps Mrs. Hawker. Oh, she's gone. Come on! (sighs) Where are we? Judging by these sacks of oats, I think the cellar. What's that noise? There, in the corner. Godmothers. What are they? They're time crystals. You were right. Don't sound so surprised. I'm not, but you must admit that it is a bit of a coincidence. Well, not really. These crystals have kept the fog close to this area. It's feeding off them. So shall we destroy them? No, they're our only way home. And we need to send them to Atlantia. Really, Roy, keep up. So what do we do? I think the fog's followed us down here. It's coming down the passageway. Right, here's what we do. We don't have time for a spell, Lorimer. That fog's in a mood for fellas. And ladies. No offence, Emily. Ah, We don't need the spell, Roy. Oh, really? So where's the fridge? There. The crystals? We've got access to the biggest fridge in history. Oh, you mean because of the... Because the... Nope, no idea what you're talking about. All three of us must concentrate. Focus your minds. We must think back to 20,000 years ago. What happened then? The last glacial maximum. Now you're just making things up. The Ice Age. Come on, help me. Look, I see something. Between the crystals. Ice! Yes, thank you, Roy. It's working. Now, quickly, Roy, you keep concentrating. Emily, you have to convince Kitty to take the fog into the Ice Age. But she's my sister. But she's being used by murderous fog. This is the only way to set her free. Please, Professor Chesterfield, there has to be some other way. I'm sorry, my dear. Do you really want this thing using what's left of your sister to sustain itself? Also, it's going to kill us. You're right. Kitty? Kitty! Stop. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah. You must take the fog into the crystals for me, for everyone. No. You must. You can do this, Kitty. You're strong. Look, it's moving towards the crystals. Stop. Goodbye, Emily. Goodbye, Kitty. Be at peace. No, it's cold. I don't like it. It's through. Break concentration. (sighs) That was intense. There's no way that fog will kill again. Not now. What do you mean? Oh, right. How are you, Emily? I'll be all right. At least I know that Kitty is not suffering any longer. That's the spirit. Drink? Not yet, Roy. Look. Is that... 
1972. Are you doing that? Yes, Roy. It's time to go home. But I've got a date with the lovely Caroline Chesterman tonight. Chester who? You know, Sir Milton Chesterman's niece. I'm sure it was Chesterman. The last time you were sure about someone's name, you ended up with my niece. And what are the chances of something like that happening again? They'd better be small. Don't end up related to you. You'd have to call me Grandad. Go through the crystals, Roy, before you can cause any more damage. I suppose you're right. Come on, then. Emily, once we're through, you must put these crystals into a box and send them to this address. Atlantia, the Mediterranean. That's the one. It's very important. Very well. Good luck, gentlemen. Thank you, my dear. Ready, Roy? Uh, Roy? He already went through. Oh, all right then. Goodbye, my dear. Roy? Roy! What's the equivalent of a hangover for time travel? Where are we? Looks like the cellar again. Hmm, we've moved in time, but not in space. The Black Sky House has been turned into a warehouse by the looks of all these boxes, and... Oh, oh dear, the stairs are blocked off. Damn. Lorimer Chesterfield, these boxes are full of champagne. Right, I don't think you should... Here you are, fella. I hope you're not thinking of drinking all these bottles. Wine or not. There's twelve days of Christmas and only two of us. So let's get started. Merry Christmas! The Whispering Fog was written and directed by Peter Davis and Matthew Woodcock. With Matthew Woodcock as Roy Steele and the Beast of Albion. Peter Davis as Lorimer Chesterfield and the Man at the Seance. Laura Marshall as Emily Hawker and Kitty Adair. Ben Whitehead as Hodley Blackscar and the Police Sergeant. Nicole Brody as Mrs. McGuffin, and Kevin Haney as Jenkins. Engineered and edited by Peter Davis. Music supplied by Chaotic Creations, featuring music by Kevin McLeod. With thanks to Heather Duell, Laura Davis, and Emma Gibbs. Visit our website at www.themonsterhunters.com. This was a Newgate production. I got you a little something. Just, just oh, here you go. Just have a look at it. Thanks. There. Thank you. It's, uh, you're not going to open it? Um, yeah, of course I am. Just going it's, to. Uh, maybe, maybe later. I'm just, you sure? Just I, open it. I, I it's, can, it's ticking though. I'm not quite sure. It's, what's, uh, it's not ticking. It's that's just the hooves. Can I the hooves? No. What? Oh, hello. Hi there. Hi. I was going to pop this box down for a sec. Welcome, welcome to Hunting the Monsters with Monster the Hunters. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry to you. Christmas. Merry everyone. Christmas, all of you. One and all. All four of you. God bless us, everyone. Look at that snow out the window. Oh, it's so picturesque. Oh, I love your scarf. It's a bit warm oh, actually. The hollies by the hearth. And uh, look what I've got here. Well, hang on, some, put that away. Some mistletoe. Ooh. Sorry. Um, so <laughs> this time we're talking about Series 2 Christmas Special, The Whispering Fog. Look at that. This is something a bit different, isn't it? We are in Victorian London. Aren't we? And we've set ourselves up 
or Lorimer set himself up as a, a consulting detective. A consulting paranormal detective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, this is clearly a love letter to Sherlock Holmes, which yes. is another thing. That we love. That we're very fond of. And there's something very Christmassy about a Victorian ghost story. For some reason it just seemed to work. With fog. Exactly. And and this And it was too perfect for us not to also do a Sherlock Holmes riff because Lorimer is kind of modern day Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, he plays that kind of character very well. So it comes out of... And interestingly enough, a lot of this came out of work we'd done on Sherlock Holmes projects yeah, before, we, isn't it? Yeah, we'd done a play about Sherlock Holmes before. And some of the, the ideas that we use in this episode come from that play that yeah, we had we done. lifted. A stage play. And reused. Hodley Blackscar, I think, was, mm-hmm. um, was the villain of a Sherlock Holmes play. Yeah, been and in. some of the stuff with Emily Hawker talking about her husband and his artificial knee oh yes yes it was wasn't it which is actually from a genuine Sherlock Holmes story there's a character who makes artificial kneecaps yes that is in the red-headed league it's worth reading if you're going to read, read one of them turn your podcast machine off now take although the read, needle off it although read some others as well because that one is a bit silly yeah read others. others read the speckled band more sense yeah obviously just, come on guys read the speckled band come on but you can read this one as well, it. not at the same time. You know, no. I'm not saying have one book in one hand and another in the other. And we also have some actors we've used before in this episode. We have uh, Laura Marshall. Who She's your wife, isn't oh, she? Oh, yes. So she is. She's my wife. She plays the... How do you spell nepotism? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, she's very, very good. Yeah, she plays she's... two parts She this. does. Emily Hawker and Kitty Adair, um, the sisters... We also have a recurring actor, Ben Whitehead, who was in the previous episode as well. He played Danny Organ in Bride of the Deep. We're very lucky to have him. He's very good. If yep. you are um, a fan of Ardman's, Ardman Animation's work, mm-hmm. he is in Pirates in an Adventure he with does Scientists. Quite a few, he does a few voices in that one. When Peter Salis was alive, he was their stunt Wallace, wasn't he? He, he was there. is, I believe, the official Wallace of Wallace and Gromit now for anything they, is he? If they do mini things or computer, um, computer games, games sort of thing he does the voice of Wallace for those I think he's in Curse the Were-Rabbit as well he is yeah he's got um, a couple of little parts in that you one you know as well. he's great because he's very versatile and he always sounds different but you know it's him and it's if great if you know him yeah if you know him you can, you can tell when I saw Pirates at the cinema I was playing Spot the Ben and we have Kevin Haney again who he's back. we know as D.I. Grabber and we thought it would be nice to have him in it playing a policeman who was not Grabber but was basically Grabber and we have a new voice we haven't had before an actress called Nicole Brody playing Mrs. McGuffin who was yes. our sort of Mrs. Hudson Yes, you, you introduced me to her. She was uh, yes. one of your finds. Again, from the London Dungeon. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. When we were working there, we worked uh, with a lot of really talented people. It's very useful to have them Absolutely. about. Especially because you all work in a very similar way with very yes. similar ma- material. So I think, you know, you tend to have a kind of... The, the sensibility permeates through a lot yeah. of us, I think. And we did try to make this one a little bit scary. Yeah, and the, I think it the works. Fog whispering the fog when you think about it is really horrible it is pretty horrible yeah you know and we can't save kitty at the end no nobody's um, nobody comes out of the end of this particularly well but luckily she managed to control the fog yeah and save us using the time crystals crystals we have found so effectively roy and lorimer by sending the time crystals to atlantia 82 years in the future they set up their own fate. Which is a massive paradox. I don't think about it too much. <laughs> Who doesn't love a paradox? 
Do you love a paradox? If you do... If you do love a paradox, why not write in and tell us? Maybe you could write it on an old Christmas card, or if you like us enough, you could write it in on a new Christmas card. Or if you're feeling creative, you could make us a Christmas card. And all you need to do then is, once you've written it, put it in the fireplace... And wait for Father Christmas to pick it up. And Father Christmas... we know him. We know him personally. December the 24th, we're out on the roofs. He's coming past out. All right, Governor, it's me, it's Father Christmas. Hello, Father Christmas. Have you got anything for us? We got this envelope for you, Governor. And he passes it down and it's from you. Yeah. Alternatively, you could just tweet us. At Hunting Monsters. Yeah. So we end up back in the modern world of 1973. Well, ju- well just about. Roy and Lorimer are back together. They're now yes. working together again. I think by the end of this episode, your status quo has been resolved. You've had, at the end yeah. of episode six of series two, you've got that big break. You've got that mm-hmm. thing. Everybody's quite emotionally bruised by what's happened. The Halloween special deals with that and then there's a point within that where things start snapping back into place and Roy is back more or less to his old self and then they're in Victorian London and then they're themselves but it's not quite the same is it they're trapped and they're they're stuck in a time that's not their own by the end of this the relationship is back on an even keel and they are back in their own time and ready to start a new set of adventures absolutely and you'll hear those adventures very soon until then Take care of yourselves. Have a very Merry Christmas. Have a very Merry Christmas. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.